welcome everybody that may be here as it is friday night and we're doing another one of these fly high wi-fi podcasts here make sure that i don't have you guys muted as i had you muted Ooh, that could have been bad <laughs> been all this talking to yourself for a whole podcast uh, whole thing answering questions <laughs> making me seem a little crazy as we all know already but all the voices uh, in your head are coming yeah. out they're there trust me <laughs> um Midas said he's stuck at work. Looking forward to this. Awesome. Hopefully we make it a little bit better, Midas. Yeah. So today's topic. We'll get short into it, guys. This is going to be a short, sweet, to the point kind of podcast. As work is in full swing for all of us. Um, we might have to start these a little earlier. <laughs> I work 12 hours tomorrow, so yeah. I got to get up at 4. All right. Well, let's... Uh, how was your guys' week, first of all? Anything crazy? That skydiving, Alyssa? I say skydiving. Pretty good. Been on the go all week. Nice. Normal for me. Ryan? Yeah. Uh, busy, busy. Uh, we had uh, a very tragic accident at work, so we have been off for this since Wednesday afternoon till Monday morning. So just getting everything in order while I'm off work, trying to keep everything going. So. Sorry to hear that. It happens, unfortunately. That's why we have safety policies, right? That is true. So, but enough of that bad news, Alyssa. You ready? Yep. Um, so the topics today are imposter syndrome and then ADHD and how it presents itself differently in men and women. Okay. Uh, so we'll start with imposter syndrome because it's a little bit of a smaller topic. Imposter syndrome is a condition of feeling anxious and not experiencing su success internally despite being high-performing externally. Um, the individual often feels like a fraud or a phony and doubting their own abilities, but on the outside, um, they tend to be like an overachiever to everybody else. Um, around 25 to 30 percent of high achievers or anybody have experienced this. Uh, so it's not like a, I don't want to say it's a long-term thing. It's a little easier to get it under control once you do realize that you're experiencing it and you can kind of like backtrack. Okay. 70 percent of high achievers do have experiences at least once in their lifetime so it can be like a one-time thing or you can experience it like repetitively okay there's five types of imposter syndrome the most common is the perfectionist so they just can't they have to have everything perfect and then you have the people around them like hey it's good enough you can stop and they just can't stop mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people kind of confuse that with like an OCD thing, but it's actually an imposter syndrome just in their mind. They just have to have it perfect. If not, if they don't have it perfect, it's just not good enough. The natural genius is the second one, and those are typically the ones that went through school. They didn't have to study. They just kind of were able to fly by, and then when they get into the real world, that does that's not how it operates. So their natural genius isn't kind of as easy to kind of move forward so they don't know how to function because it's not like high school it's not like middle school and that natural genius doesn't really operate as well okay. um the third is the rugged individual they tend to struggle to ask for help you see the big eyes right <laughs> <laughs> well as a person with adhd i'd like we'll get into it after i'll let you explain all five of them first um, number four in the imposter syndrome is the expert. So they like to research everything. They don't like to let knowledge come to them as like on the go. They like to hoard information. So before they go into anything, they're like, they have to know everything. They're not just going to let somebody else teach them. They have to walk in the room and know everything before. So they're just kind of like the know-it-all. And if they don't know it and they're being taught by somebody else... It, it expresses that imposter syndrome where they just kind of feel like this big. Okay. And then the last one is the superhero. They're the pusher. They just kind of, they got to push and push and push and push. Um, 
that one's kind of the least common out of the five. Um, within those, overcoming it, the biggest thing is finding evidence. Um, when you kind of start to feel like you're having the imposter syndrome, tell your brain and find the evidence that it is imposter syndrome. Okay. Kind of like tell yourself, I am doing good. This is why I'm doing good. Tell your mind that you are playing tricks and kind of give your mind the evidence that you are doing okay. well. And I'm like, with the perfectionist, kind of tell yourself you're not perfect. Nobody's going to be perfect. That's one of the things it says. Let go of the idea of being perfect okay. is one of the things that it says to get over, overcome imposter syndrome. Another one is celebrate the small wins kind of set small milestones don't kind of look at the big picture of life kind of set your small milestones and celebrate small wins um and another one when you're trying to find that evidence share your feelings whether it be at work or at home when you're feeling this like imposter stuff let it out because again when you're letting out that feeling it's kind of a good way for you to be able to find that evidence and tell your brain like hey I'm actually doing a good job I'm actually just overthinking it my brain is taking over and telling me that I'm not doing good enough but everyone around me thinks I'm doing great okay so now with all five of those is there any chance that somebody experiences all five uh yeah they're could be somebody that just like goes on all in they start experiencing the imposter syndrome and they're just overloading everything because as i said struggling with adhd my whole life i can relate to all five of them right and the the biggest one to me is the the perfectionist part of it right at work if something's not right it, it bothers me until i get it right um hell at home if something isn't right it bothers me till i get it right there's days where, for instance, for us that are in the gaming community or anything like that, some people can't do cable management. Cable management pisses me off to the fact to where I have to have it right to the fact. And I won't turn on my stream or do anything else till that is done because I want it the way I want it. I don't settle. That's just, that's how that works for me. Um, I see the natural, like the... Uh, what is it natural genius you said it was the natural genius like they have they just know the situation i hated school absolutely hated school but there was things that i already knew and i never knew how i knew them. uh but i also like to do my research so that's why i say like all these different <laughs> things i have to be sure i'm right even though i think i'm right i need to make sure i'm right so that's there's three of the traits right there already right so, yep, and then you you got big-eyed for the rugged individual where you struggle to ask for help. There's four out of five there's right four. there because you guys knowing me, I I will I will bury myself until the last second until I ask for help. Yeah, and so like you say you've experienced this your entire life. Um, imposter syndrome could come out, like can just be like a natural trait for somebody that anytime you're put into a situation, you're kind of like that. But then it could also be something that's on set. Like you could start a job and you're like doing good, but then you get moved to another team and that team makes you feel like you're not good at your job. Just kind of the dynamic of the different personalities. So it could be something that's more natural to the person's personality, but it also could be something that you're put into a new situation and it is on set by something. Makes sense, yeah. And that's with any of us that I know I've switched since my time in the military, I've had different trades all the way around. So I know Jerry just took his time as a welder and now he's doing something else in a whole different environment, right? So mm -hmm. Jerry doesn't say necessarily that he has ADHD, but these five things are in everybody, right? Regardless if they want to say they're not or anything, it's just natural human ability to be able to be categorized. Um, everything we can do can always be categorized. That's That's where a lot of Things such as doctors, they go down their checklist, they get categorized instantly and try to relate and try to figure out how they're going to help everybody, but not everything is relatable or categorized. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a big thing in the ADHD like topic of 
there's actually studies coming out that they do want to start diagnosing men and women differently for ADHD because it is such a different, um, it is just so common that women and men are different within having it. And in the studies they've done when they first found ADHD is just developed to men. It's not developed to women. So women go so undiagnosed within ADHD that they don't usually get diagnosed until their late 20s. And it's because they're pushing and pushing and pushing that they're like, there's just something not right. And then it's that one doctor that kind of digs deep into it. And they're like, hey, you have ADHD. And they're like, well, I've spent my entire life struggling. Do, like... Struggling. People don't understand. <laughs> like, ADHD is like everybody's like, you'll grow out of it. You don't grow out of it. It is a, it's literally a chemical imbalance in the frontal lobe of your brain that doesn't connect, right? So that's where ADHD medicines help to like connect the bridge that isn't there, right? So struggling with it my whole life. I had to study it when I went into the military, why they wanted me back on my medication if I wanted to get back on it while I was deployed. And I had to read like this huge book that my doctor gave me and I had to understand it before I could come back and they would put me on my medication so I learned yep, so, a lot about it myself mm -hmm. imposter syndrome anybody can have but like people with ADHD it's more onset because you already have that like learning struggle like disability going mm -hmm. on already that it just kind of amplifies it but anybody can have it onset anybody can suffer from imposter syndrome Sounds um, like it any time, really. Yeah, you any can just... Time? It sounds almost like a trigger. Mm-hmm. You can be I, put in any type of... Go ahead, Jerry. I can say I, I really only can think of number four on your list as to what I've felt or, you know, as far as, like, asking for help because nobody likes to ask for help, I feel like, but for some it is easier, but for some it's harder and we've all personally dealt with that but um yeah i to can some say extent, yeah i i think that that's really the only one i've ever had to deal with saying so i ain't no genius <laughs> school is hard um you know i've never been a perfectionist because i always felt like i'd just go nuts if i were uh -huh. so yeah but i, I I don't know that I've even been around because it's like a feeling I guess somebody probably keeps themselves most of the time which is what you were talking about in the beginning um, so I can't even say that I have a lot of experience with it because this is the first time I'm really hearing about it too so right. educational <laughs> that's what this is about um, I personally didn't hear of imposter syndrome I heard about it about actually two years ago when I was digging deep into women in construction. And it is so highly known for women in construction because women go into construction or a male-dominated field and it is so prevalent for women to have imposter syndrome because they just feel like they're walking into this just being looked down upon immediately because they're just not welcome in the room. They're not there. They have to instantly they have like a higher standard that they have to meet just because they are a woman so they just instantly walk in with that imposter syndrome like I don't belong here so all these start to kick in where they're like I have to be a perfectionist I have to know my stuff first I can't ask for help because it shows a sign of weakness and like all this other stuff so I actually read a book on it they had uh, all the women within our company read this book to kind of like help with imposter syndrome because they didn't want us to feel that way um, so that's the first time I ever heard of it was just through this. They were like, we don't want you to feel that way. We want you to feel like you're one of us, like you're a family, you're within the team. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. They do it to, it's a, it's a natural fit in process, right? To, to adapt and to chameleonize yourself to fit into the situation so you don't get noticed easier, right? You want to fit in and you just not be unless you're trying to go for that superstar is that what it was superstar is that the last one what was it hero superhero. hero superhero right unless you're going for that role 
Unless you want to mm -hmm. be that one that's noticed by everybody, right? I think they just like caught like within my company they just caught on like as the new person you already don't want to ask questions but then as like somebody you're already you're a minority so they even had people of like color and stuff like that minority groups read this as well too you kind of already you're a new person so you already have that front where you're like I don't want to seem stupid by asking a, a dumb question even though there's no dumb questions they say there's but no dumb you... questions, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you ask it, and then they make you feel dumb. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then you have this, like, other layer of, I'm the only woman sitting in this room of 50 other men. So if I ask this question, as the new person, and as a, the only woman in the room, or the only person of color in the room, that imposter syndrome sets in, because it's like, oh, they feel like I should know this already. So that's where, like, the expert steps in. I should know this. Right. I should have done my research before I came. Or if I, like, forget something within my, like, AHA or whatever, that's where the perfectionist kicks in. I should have, like, I can't ask for help when I'm doing this because then it makes me look young and naive. So they had us read this to kind of, like, get over, I don't want to say, like, get over it, but to kind of understand what we're experiencing and that our leaders should understand, too, when we're coming to them that this is something we might be experiencing on the inside that we don't want to bring forward to them makes sense okay uh i know my wife read a book it was i had to google the name to make sure i don't get it wrong right because you know perfectionist i own research um <laughs> men are waffles and women are spaghetti men are like waffles and mm -hmm. women are like spaghetti right men waffles compartmentalize everything and women are just all over so when we talk about men and women differentiating in ADHD and how their treatment and how everything is not similar because our minds are not similar, honestly. So she could probably bring that into a whole nother light. Uh, and I wish I would have got her more prepared to be on here. She's, she's out hanging out with her mom and the kids right now. So, but she would have been able to touch more on that because my wife also struggles from ADHD. So we have, our young or my oldest son that we deal with on a daily with it and then we have parker who is our baby genius right but so we're kids yet both of us <laughs> all right well we'll move on to the adhd section okay because we're um so eighty. already. Sheesh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Is the chat good, Ryan? Oh, Red Bull. <laughs> Chat's good. Yes, there's nothing right now in chat. <laughs> um. So ADHD is a common neurodevelopmental disorder in children. So it starts in childhood, but it can be missed, and it goes into adulthood. So when it's missed in childhood, it can cause later developmental issues in adulthood. So it can grow into other issues as well. Uh, we won't go into that one today because that goes into like BPD and it goes into all kinds of other stuff because it messes with the brain so much when you don't truly understand like what's going on up there. And Ryan, you had mentioned the frontal lobe. As that's developing and you don't know what's going on, that frontal lobe is where you make all of your logical or rational decisions. So if that's not developing properly, it will mess with other things as you're developing throughout. Yep. Um, ADHD, and this is for men. So like a lot of these first common like descriptions I'm going to say is a basis for men. So ADHD may have trouble paying attention, um, controlling impulsive behaviors, so they act without thinking typically, or being overly active. So there's two different types of ADHD, and this is where it starts to kind of divide itself between men and women so this is like a newer study between it so there's the inactive presentation so it's pre like it's kind of inside okay so it's like kind of like a silent behavior like and then there's almost um is that what you mean so it's not really dormant it's like a lot going on just in the 
brain, but you don't really like see it on the exterior. Outside. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So and then there's the hyperactive impulsive presentation, and that's kind of more of the, the men. External. So that's so the inactive. It is hard for the individual to be organized or finish a task, to pay attention to details or follow instructions or a conversation. They're easily distracted or forget details of daily routines. Um, then for the hyperactive, it's the person fidgets, talks a lot, has a hard time sitting still. For smaller children, they may run around, jump, climb constantly. The individual feels restless, has trouble with being impulsive. Uh, it kind of goes on with that stuff. Doo -doo. And then there's also one where it's like a combined presentation. So you can kind of have moments where you're a little more internal and then you're a little external. So you kind of like bounce back and forth. Uh, that's pretty uncommon. But there are some people that present that way too. Like so, when they're a little more in a like a more comfortable setting, they'll be a little more hyperactive. But then when they're in like an unknown setting, they'll kind of be a little more of that like internal. They're evaluating. So, yeah, they're evaluating the situation to see if they can be impulsive. Yep, <laughs> they're figuring out what they can do. Yeah. Um. So let me go to... And for all the viewers that are out there today with ADHD, I know you're sitting here and all shaking your heads because it, these checklists and things that we go through are there for a reason because it's true. It's it's just there. It's just You feel attacked, but it don't feel attacked. Yeah. <laughs> um. So this next part is talking about how, like, Pretty much, like Ryan just said, pretty much all the diagnoses is a doctor goes through a checklist. Every person is different within, so these are two different studies, one's from the CDC and one's from an actual counseling point, like, perspective. So this first, the first one that I was just reading from is from CDC. So it's just straight from CDC, just kind of giving you the basics of what ADHD is. And that's why I said it's just kind of the basics of, like, how they present in men, and it's giving you the different categories of ADHD. This one goes into an article or study that was done by a counseling perspective. So this goes into more of, it is the individual, the individual story. Okay. So again, it's going to still have kind of the characteristics, but not everybody's the same. Um, so I was saying like stats earlier. While 13% of adult men in the U.S. will be diagnosed with ADHD in their lifetime, so this is just men, like adults, so it's a little harder to diagnose adults than it is children, only 4% of women will have that same diagnosis according to um, Healthline. Okay. So women are less likely to be diagnosed because there is no, they, they don't have those where they don't do the checklist. So again, this is where the checklist comes up of... There's no, how do you just do it for the patient and not okay. as a whole? Right, as a generalization. Um, right now they have found five different ways that ADHD presents differently in girls and women compared to boys and men. And the first one is girls tend to be more introspective rather than hyperactive. And that's what I was saying, They're that more intro attentive girls are more likely to be interactive type which is <clears throat> much more internalized symptoms ADHD involves a lot more of like daydreaming inability to focus forgetfulness and having trouble staying organized this doesn't look like the typical ADHD that they put so there like that's where it kind of falls into if you're going with like the checklist they're not going to diagnose you because it's not the typical ADHD um, and then also girls and women tend to feel more anxious so kind of anxiety starts to present themselves a little bit more 
when they have ADHD because they do have that internal feeling versus the external, like, hyperactive view. Uh, the second one that they have is, like, girls are underdiagnosed compared to boys, which we had already said the stats. The third one is hormones can influence ADHD symptoms in girls and women. So ADHD symptoms also differ in girls once they start to menstruate. So if you have ADHD as a girl, when you hit puberty, your symptoms start to change. Okay. And it's not found in men that their symptoms change when they hit puberty. They, right. they seem to stay the same, but when women do, when their estrogen lowers, uh, when the lower estrogen triggers, they seem to have more disrupted moods they struggle to sleep more, they lose more concentration, so if they're already struggling with concentration, yeah. they're going to lose more. And they grow even more irritable because they don't understand what's going on. So they're already struggling with everything else, but then that hormone change kind of creates an even bigger change. Okay. Um, and then a four the fourth one is girls tend to have different coping strategies with ADHD than the uh, boys or men do. I see that. So since it is like an internal struggle, women tend to find a way of coping, but they also struggle with higher rates of depression, higher rates of anxiety. So I already mentioned that women tend to feel more anxious if they have it. Um, they have higher physical aggression. Other uh, and yeah, just higher physical rates of aggression. Wow. When I didn't One safe. Um, oh, but here's another thing that goes hand in hand, right? A lot of people don't know that ADHD and bipolar go together. So well, there might be that common ground there, too. Well, I was going to ask. I, I, I don't know if there's statistics on this and, you know, a miss... Um, diagnosis of you know so a, a female with ADHD is she just gonna are they just gonna assume that she's depressed and anxious and give her those pills and it very well yeah very well could happen just because and that's why they want to start doing this study because they have noticed more often than not that they're becoming depressed and anxious because they do have ADHD and they internalize and they start to when they hit the age of like puberty, they start to like backlash and they start to act out then because they have no clue what's going on. Right. And that's when they start to say, oh, it's just depression, anxiety, and they're just gonna put them on that. And not saying that those medicines wouldn't help somewhat, but sometimes right. those medicines do have a counterintuitive like reaction to different parts of the brain. Mm -hmm. So they have to watch what they put them on. So, some can help, some can make it worse. So that's where it has to like be a balance. And like Ryan was saying, sometimes with ADHD, it gets like paired with bipolar. Bipolar is usually onset later, like early 20s, but it can be on early onset and happen in the teenage years. If you put somebody on uh, like a depressant or an antidepressant, it can cause them to go into a full swing manic, manic mode because um, because bipolar needs to have a mood stabilizer, so you can fix the depressant part of bipolar by putting them on an antidepressant, but then you can send them into a manic state. You have to be able to stabilize both, so that's where that comes in as play, as like as a play too. You have to know all sides of every story before you put somebody on a medicine. That's I mean it's kind of scary when you think about it. Oh. That's why, uh, that's why there's so many stages to like like when I'm going to school for now I know that stuff but I can't diagnose people like I can't put people on medicine that's what a psychiatrist is for so there's right. counseling therapists psychiatrists they, there's like all different types of I'd have to go get like my PhD or some way further than what I'm going to go to school for to be able to diagnose somebody <laughs> yeah, to Right. I, I honestly uh, don't know if I would ever want to be that person either. Because if I put them on the wrong medication, right, then it's now on me because I sent them down this rabbit hole of 
what they thought was wrong with them and it being a, a wrong diagnosis, which inaccurate diagnosis is just a common thing. It, as sad as it is, it's common, right? Yep. Which it doesn't, so, it shouldn't be, but our bodies are, are crazy. Our bodies are crazy. Not everybody's the same. I had, I have a cousin that um, he got put into the hospital because his mom thought he was going crazy. Ended up they um, something about wrong dosage of medicine that he was supposed to take or wrong medicine. Well, when he was in there, they tried different medicines and one of the medicines that they gave him was almost like dementia. Gave him yep. like dementia side effects. It was crazy scary crazy and it's and it could be like a normal medicine i was misdiagnosed i want to say three three and a half years ago for, as bipolar type one and it was the birth control i was on it was making me go crazy i got off the birth control and i went back to like being as normal as i can be because i'm still not all there but um <laughs> You're all there, then I'd like to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the birth control I was on was making my hormones just like. Even Tyler was like, "You need to get get that out." I had the arm implant, and they do. That's one of the side effects. Is like it can mess with your psyche, and I got it and I'm gone. And I was like, "No, I'm gonna struggle through this." Say six months, and then your body will. I didn't last six months because I was getting like like going to see a psychiatrist i was going to see all this other stuff because my my body just was going crazy and they diagnosed me as bipolar type one yep i was getting put on medicine for bipolar type one i go get my birth control out and i stop taking my bipolar meds and i go back to normal Crazy. and wow Inaccurate amount dosage, dosage, inaccurate diagnosis. They're very, very common things. It's scary because there's so many people walking through today's life thinking they're doing better than they were, but really it's probably not true. Yep. And but so on the other hand, some of that is necessary. If somebody does need a medication they have to find that dosage right 100 percent. i mean a lot of it is trial and error and they do tell you at the beginning yeah. that you at the beginning when you're going through this journey they're like some of these medicines are going to make you feel not so good and you call me as soon as it does and we'll switch you we'll change your dosage but you have to be honest with them up front too yeah. i and like my case was i had another medicine causing this other medicine to just not work well Right. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know that. I didn't know like that my birth control was making all my hormones go crazy enough that they thought I had like a psych had like a psychiatric like issue. Yeah. They didn't know that either. They didn't know that it was my birth control. I just started seeing them and I'm like, Oh, you show all these signs of being bipolar. We're gonna work with that. Right. As soon as I got my birth control out, she was like, Yeah, you're not bipolar. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one of those things. Like you start questioning yourself. You're like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah, I mean that's where <laughs> I was. I was like, I have no clue what's wrong with me. <laughs> that that's the imposter syndrome. Yeah, I have it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Um. Go ahead, Ryan. You were gonna say something. It just it just makes me think about all the the. Like with me, with my diagnosis with my feet, my neuropathy, and everything going through with this, they still haven't physically hard diagnosed me with anything. But they've tried me on five, maybe six different medications already. And nothing, they're all along the same scope, but none of them are doing anything that they're supposed to. So the only thing I've gained is weight. <laughs> no progress, just weight. So it, it just sucks because there's times that you'll struggle through it all and then you wonder what's wrong with me and why can't they fix it or sometimes they just don't have the answer but doesn't mean you shouldn't stop looking for them and say so, yeah advocate for yourself unfortunately because every journey is different that's every what makes it so hard because they can't they can't just go down that checklist and be like well here you go yeah the checklist is just a guide for them to kind of have 
somewhat of a path, but there's how many people on the earth, how many people are they treating, and we all have different chemical makeups, we all have different ways we're going to react, we have allergies, we have this, we have that, and they have to work with what you're throwing at them, and unfortunately we all have like a cap at the knowledge that we can have, right. we only have so much experience, so like when you're walking in, you're a whole new experience for them. They're never going to say I had somebody just like you. Well, they're not supposed to. Well, yeah, but they but they're never going to have somebody just like you. Exactly, but they'll say, <laughs> yeah, the, the similar patient. Like, they do stuff like that, but they're not supposed to. And then at that moment, I'd be like, all right, thank you. Have a great day. I'm going to go get another opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Um... So back to this. Uh, so guys. <laughs> I can guide us back. You can pull us wherever you want. Uh, but I can yeah. guide us back. All right, all right. <laughs> um. So you we were talking about what was the last page we were on? Squirrel. It's okay. I had that. Squirrel. See me highlights, not it. <laughs> nope. See all those highlighted paper? Nope. <laughs> uh we were talking about like how women can have like aggressive behaviors when they get into like that teenage to adult life. And that's because they do internalize their pain and anger. So men typically when they have ADHD, since they externalize all their like thoughts and they're a little more impulsive all their stuff kind of goes outwards they're not as angry as people they can have anger but it kind of just goes out and leaves women they kind of bottle it up and have their outburst you're thinking ryan it's just trying to relate because i feel that i don't know living in this situation i've i've done both I've had immediate anger to where I lash out instantly. And then I've had those to where you just bottle it up until you have a huge explosion. But, um, I've lived it myself. I've seen it in my wife, my kids, we've all done it as, but dealing in the army with those individually, like people do both. It's going to be hard to, I guess, men or women. I think they're both apt to both. I could say. So. And that's where it becomes hard. I mean, they have to more focus on, like, when they're younger. So when we get older, we start to adapt and see things around us. So we're going to react how other people react. Right. It's the younger where, like... They don't have experience in, in life. Right. Yeah, they girls tend to kind of internalize, and they're not as, like, I don't... You see, like, the little boy bouncing off the walls, and they're like, oh, he has ADHD. Kind of, like, I mean, he might, but, like, yeah. people would, like, joke, but you have, like, little girls sitting in the corner kind of by themselves. And really, she could have more, she could have ADHD, and the kid that's running around doesn't. It's just, be yeah. a, a boy, and, and they say, oh, boys are hyper. They're, mm -hmm. they're kids, they're all yeah. hyper. So I agree, when, like, you get older, it could just be, like, a learned behavior, and you guys right. kind of feed off each other. But, like, when they're younger, that's when it really needs to be kind of separate. The diagnosis is, like, I agree. you have to watch for both. Yep. And that's where these studies really come into play. So, yeah, I do agree because, like, I've had moments where I've been able to bottle up. And I I mean, I don't think I have ADHD. I've never been diagnosed, so I'm not going to assume I have ADHD. But I've bottled up anger. But I've also had moments where I've just instantly reacted. So I agree with what you're saying. Like, yeah. I've, it's learned behavior. I've seen both. Right. Same. I was going to say, you just beat me to it. Uh, and then the last one is another, like, comparison to, like, men and women. Typical male features of an adult with ADHD often involve an inability to concentrate, a tendency to change jobs, and a difficulty with responsibility. For women, however, 
um, fillings. They have like the internal fillings. They have low self-esteem. They have chronic st uh, stress, and they feel in a, like they're not good enough. Which makes uh, sense. Women also often have like one life crisis, and they have like they make everything a crisis. Is essentially what it says. Like they just live in chaos. So they it's just a create chaos. chaos. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Just because, like, their brain is showing like, them chaos. They're my, they're my, like I said, spaghetti, right? <laughs> yes. It's a so it's, thing of noodles all the time. Up uh -huh. So, like, they create chaos for themselves because that's what they, like, that's what their brain is saying. Everything's chaos. Everything is chaos up here, so everything out here has to be chaos. Um, I think that's all I got. Oh, you got, uh, it's got my mind wandering because what did you say about the men? They consistent like the things that they noticed was the changing of jobs, right? Uh, they have a involve hypersensitivity because I missed that one, an inability to concentrate, a tendency to change job, and tendencies, they have a difficulty tendencies yeah, to change jobs, right? Yep. And live it so and, often in my life. I've had more jobs than you guys have had dirty underwear in their month. So, um, <laughs> that's I don't know. I, go, I was like, I know that one on a personal level between Ryan talking and Tyler. Alex, and I, holy shit. Alex came through with 10 gifties to the chat. Um, okay, Alex. like it, that, that's why for me, like the union, right? The union has always been good to me because you do a job and you go to the next one. Not every job is the same. You keep doing the same style work, but you're not on the same repetitive line every day. You're doing the same people every job. Every job has different people, you know, and it's it feels like it's a new job. I that one smacked me right in my mouth. I won't lie to you. I I feel attacked and I love it because it's so true. Like sometimes you just gotta be called out for your shit, you know? So it I've had a lot of jobs. I've done a lot of things. That's why the military was good for me. It gave me the structure for everything to be there. And man, that one just, that one, it still got me all jumbled up inside because it, I've had a lot of jobs. Yes. Yeah. It, it, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. That one's got me still. But other than that, no, I just did that one. I know a lot of people that have that have ADHD that do the same thing and it just like I said when you go to the doctors and you get diagnosed with these things you feel like they're attacking you but they're there because you fit you fit the profile now it's to figure out which end of everything you're going into how deep are you going to get into this and how how I don't know how to how to really put it but I don't want to say how bad it is but how deep is your ADHD or your diagnosis going to be to figure out exactly what you need to do to encounter? Yeah, and I mean, there's obviously, like, there's the drastic end of the spectrum, and then there's, like, yeah, you it, just have, like, a, a little bit. Like, you just kind of... Right. And there's really just, nothing wrong. I w you just have to learn how to, like, operate and... Yeah, like, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of... What we call Ryan Squirrel, squirreling around Squirrel, a little bit. Yeah, he just you know he's got to bury all his nuts and hide them until he figures <laughs> out how he wants to use them all. What's what is that movie? Got uh, an idea. What is that little kids movie? Ice Age. Ice Age. Yeah, that's me my whole life. I'm still chasing that damn acorn, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> I just have a partner to do it with now. So, uh, man. And I see a lot of people that I know that struggle with those daily concentrations or daily fidgeting. I fidget when I sit still and do this podcast. I see myself. It's right here in front of me, and I still do it, right? But it's something I can't control. So, this was a good topic for me. So, I say, like, I was diagnosed with as a young age. There's been times where it's affected me so much to where as a kid, I went through troubles and 
almost took my own life as a, a child because the medication they had me on Ritalin as a young kid. And when I came off of it, I was angry and was like, I need to take my own life. Like, it was bad. So then they switched me off Ritalin and onto another drug and onto another drug. And then my mom passed away and then my dad was like, you don't need that stuff. And then I struggled through high school and then I dropped out of high school. So it was like just a revolving door for me. So like chasing ADHD my whole life is and then the military taught me to cope with it and how to deal with it and how to, well, how they think you should deal with it. But <sighs> everything's a bottle of water and ibuprofen in the army. So, <laughs> and then I had to do, like I said, I had to study ADHD to understand it for them to put me back on my medication. And I don't think that doctor actually had to do that. I think he wanted me to, to understand what I was going through. I think it was a huge thing for me. So. And I think personally, like, understanding it is, like, step one. And I mean, and that's just me as a person. I like to understand before right. I'm... Maybe that's the expert in me for the imposter syndrome. I gotta know what's going on. Right. And... You do. And studying and... I guess, like, researching is huge. Without research, we don't have answers. Without study, we don't have results. So, two things, you need both of them. You need research and you need study. So, never know the difference if you don't do both. Mm -hmm. That's why they said, well, if this medication doesn't work for you, please let us know. Yep. Oh, and I mean, this one. is just scratching the surface of ADHD and... The book the... is, like, this thick, and it just keeps going. <laughs> I was gonna say, there is... We would need, like, a year to literally just even really... Yeah. Really know, and I'd that's... say even remotely understand... And that's just a basic understanding. These. Yeah, I was gonna say, any of these it... would... Yeah. That's like tonight's just like pulling a fun fact card out of a hat and being like, here you go. This is awareness. This is making awareness mm -hmm. for you. We're giving you a little bit of what you may feel or already know and giving you the chance to go do the research yourself or come back to us. If you guys have anything else that we didn't touch on, let us know, you know, because there, I know I'm not the only one out there and I know Alyssa's not the only one out there studying it. So like... There's people out there that have had situations that are, are very similar. Their experiences, I'm not saying everybody's the same, but you guys have experienced in your own ways, and we'd like to hear about them. Um, Alyssa, you're done? The little fancy highlighted papers over there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got handwritten notes and highlights. And... and I'm over here winging it with what you give me? Well, I'm the one that comes with all the information. You guys just will sit there and look pretty 90% of the time. Oh, you call me pretty. Facts. <laughs> um, we, we really appreciate you for that. We really do. <laughs> but then again, remember... All the work. <laughs> it is. It's very, very much appreciated because I know it probably wouldn't be done if I had What? Yeah, exactly. Oh, you ain't gonna like tell everybody, all right? <laughs> Completely, one thousand percent. Called that one. I am the type of person that's legitly like, I know I got to pack for this two week AT for the army. I know everything I need. I have a list. I'm supposed to leave at five thirty in the morning. I am packing the truck at four forty five with everything I packed at four thirty. <laughs> and then I'll get there and be like I knew I should have forgot that damn ADHD another thing <laughs> but then again there's times where I've packed and did the checklist and still forgot stuff so I'm like hey, I'll just do it the morning of <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's why I'd never claim that I have ADHD Mm -hmm. Alright, you guys got anything else? I don't. We came through I... with 
the, the fact. Here. Well, I don't have anything else. Here he's tired, guys. I am Here. so tired. Well, and tonight I don't have a lot of experience with ADHD, especially besides Ryan. Um, and again, I am definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and then you know the imposter syndrome. Kind of, you, you could see how you could fit into each one of those criteria at some point in your life. So, again, not a lot of experience with it, like I said, but very, very good education tonight with all of all of what you did, Alyssa and Ryan, winging it, winging it. Wow. Alyssa, <laughs> um, she she brings the book notes. I bring the experience, right? <laughs> All right, uh, we had a few guests today that spoke. We had Midas was excited for tonight. Uh, Alex coming through, doing what Alex just comes in and says hi. Here's some gifties. Uh, appreciate you, Alex. He said, uh, yeah, they do to effing women at that time. I don't remember what our category was, but it might have been the whole noodles in the brain thing. Oh, they're all over the place. Uh, well, the I think the first comment was... Um, <laughs> he said, yep. <laughs> to, to switching... Oh, there we go. I thought it was to the switching jobs. Uh, no, I think it was the whole scatter, like... <sighs> everything's everywhere, I mean, yeah, chaos. I on women a good bit tonight, so... Yeah. <laughs> but it was um, also very educational for... If there it was, in that Or that listen to this in the futures, well, you know. We might have to do another segment on this one and have... If there's anybody... Any females that would that have ADHD and would like to speak on it, please let us know also so we can do another thing from another side instead of listening to this guy talk. So, and then we got Red Eye came through. Appreciate you guys. Again, all our socials are there. Jerry just did the team Discord. That is for the Fly High Wi-Fi Discord. We have our Facebook. And again, uh, guys, they're never expected, but they're always appreciated. We have the donation link also uh all the money that comes through us goes out to helping others we do not touch any of it and we just want to continue to do great things here and without you guys and all this it wouldn't be possible well said is that all guys Are we done that's all yeah, that's all, right, all for me and the right. exit <laughs> Just saying <laughs> <a lot. laughs> on behalf of fly high wi-fi guys we appreciate you for being here again on this beautiful friday night we will see you guys in a couple weeks bye bye, bye.